Spring turkey season is upon us, and don't be caught out in the woods without having Onyx Hunt on your phone. One feature Onyx has that is often overlooked for turkey hunting is their recent imagery filter with their elite memberships. This imagery is updated week to week, and it comes in extremely handy, especially when you're trying to find these gobble zones where these turkeys will go out in a high spot on a fresh clear cut and strut around all day long. Actually, I was just looking at on Onyx where, where the timber company just came into Andrew's club and did a very small clear cut along this creek, and I can see the high spots on the topographical map, but also I can see exactly where they mulch, and those are going to be hot spots for finding gobblers, especially mid-morning after they get off their hens, getting up on these little high spots in this fresh, small clear cut along the creek and strutting and gobbling all day long. If you want to give Onyx a try, you can actually download it for free, try it for seven days, and if you decide to purchase, you can use the promo code SOUTHERN and save on your premium and elite memberships. So go into this turkey season, know where you stand with Onyx. Well, guys, we have some exciting news for you from Vortex about their brand new eyewear, their Banshee and Jackal sunglasses. Me and Andrew have had these for a few weeks now, right before the release, and we've been extremely impressed. They're awesome glasses, guys. And listen, if you're needing some new sunglasses, not only do they have the VIP warranty, but they're tough as crap, guys. Uh, Scratch-resistant eyewear, uh, it's extremely important. And also, they have safety features as well. So when you're out shooting at the range, again, these are rated glasses, so you are going to be more than protected when you're at the range. But they also look fantastic when you're out around town. So right now, Vortex has some special pricing on their website, which is vortexoptics.com for the new eyewear. But also, if you use the code SOUTHERN20, you get to save even more on this special pricing for right now at vortexoptics.com. Again, check out the new eyewear from vortexoptics.com and use the promo code SOUTHERN20 to save on their brand new eyewear. Hey everybody, this is Kyle V, host of the Ozark Podcast. If you like the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast, we have a show for you. We sit down with local outdoorsmen of Arkansas, Missouri, and Oklahoma to talk all things hunting, fishing, conservation, history, and culture in the Ozark Mountains region. Just like the outdoorsmen who live here, we follow the seasons and interview regional experts to discuss the pursuits of hunting turkeys, bears, and whitetail, as well as the science behind their conservation. Join me and my co-host Kyle Plunkett every Wednesday and make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. back everybody here's a bonus episode for you a bonus episode that we recorded in early march before coronavirus ravaged all of our plans <laughs> <laughs> we recorded this this is a live podcast from bows and brews our first event we ever did we got it just in the nick of time just, just in the nick of time, time. <laughs> literally seven days later the entire world shut down, shut down. yes <laughs> but we got it in just in time so as went a bunch of folks showed up and met us at Oak Mountain State Park, um, which, you know, you, you can't hunt it, typically. We're working on that, but... Working on it, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you can't you can't hunt it, so we weren't burning any spots. So we went out there, and we got this big group and scouted it, and uh, had a great time. Had a great time. Uh, also, it was a big gear demo day where we brought out literally everything that we both own, which is a lot of equipment, and... Um, also had a lot of listeners of the show come out and bring a ton of gear from oh, tents to everything. saddles, the tree stands to I mean bow everybody you know, people brought their bows, shot shot the archery range. Michael Yates showed up with the, the ghillie blanket. Pretty, pretty slick ghillie blanket, but those ice binos that were like little bitty. Listen, yeah, I was those things were slick. By the way, I tried to go on I, that's funny you brought that up. I literally messaged him a couple days ago because I was trying to find them. Oh. Like, trying to find a set. And I uh, went on eBay, and I found one very similar, but it's not the same model, but it's, it's uh, close. And uh, not nearly, I mean, they're expensive, but not nearly as expensive as I thought they'd be. But They're awesome. Side note. But, you know, I had the food truck there. I uh, had a bunch of guys come in. Had, uh, uh, let me think of people, some people's names. So we had uh, Drake came down from Illinois. Uh, I think he drove the farthest. Um, I'm trying to think. Had a couple guys come over from Georgia. Had oh who's the guy one of the guys from Florida old Florida uh, man Florida yeah, yeah like Florida <laughs> Israel man. Adams uh, right? Israel Israel there yeah. you go yeah. I think I think man. yeah and um, it's like anyway it was just a fun time I think we had like thirty five people or so there maybe actually more than that I, I don't uh, for the scouting day 
I don't I don't know. It was over twenty, I think. Uh, but for the actual event, it was definitely over thirty. I can't remember the exact number though. Yeah, it was a good time. We had a lot of people filter in and out. Um, it was a great event, and we recorded this live podcast at the very end. Uh, audio is a little what you'd expect when we record in a park using an outlet from like a public restroom or something. <laughs> you know, got to do what you got to do. Uh, and we had to cut it a little bit short because they were about to lock us inside of the park. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Well, I think we talked about that at the very end. Like, uh, guys, we gotta go. Yeah. Like, now. <laughs> oh man, and we were tired. We had been out there since daybreak. Yeah. And it was getting dark. Yeah. That was a great time. We went in there and uh, we found a lot of beds. Yeah, a lot of beds. Yeah, but when we scouted, it was a fun time. We, we, you, you had your group. I had my group, and it was a my group was a blast. Oh man, mine was too. We had we had a great time, and it was cool because you you could tell that everybody there was like. Nobody was like, oh, I'll tell you this about deer hunting. Everyone was like, hey, this is what I've seen. What have you seen? Everybody is like very... Feeding off each other. Yeah. Everybody is like a student of the game. Nobody there was like, you know, trying to brag about anything. Everyone was trying to learn from each other, even though guys like Don were there. Don, that's who I was going to say. And he's killed a giant buck on the place that we hunt. Oh, he's killed multiple. Oh, yeah, but he's killed one really big. And he's like... What do you think about this? I'm like, listen. You was, tell me. Listen, he was part of my group, and it was like, dude, he was like the calm guy in the back. We're going around, and he's like, you see this right here? And I'm like, what? He's like, come look at this. And like, <laughs> we get down, he's, like, he's like, you see this bed, and you see the exit trails. So I was like, dude, that's good. Pay, like, way to pay attention. He's like, look, he's, he's like, let's, let's follow this trail real quick, and like, kind of ease up around the ridge. He's like, oh yeah, check this out. And it was like this, like a little staging area. And I'm like, he's like, dude, he's like, he's like, how would you hunt this? And I'm like, I, I don't know. What would you do? He's like, he's like, you know what? I think I think he was talking about like coming in like midday or something, like trying to slip in there like once the wind switched, because mm-hmm. uh, it was a pretty you know pretty tight spined ridge. Anyways, it was fascinating. But yeah, he was super like just calm and collective, and he, you know he's a guy that's killed a lot of big deer. We we've got to get him on the podcast sometime soon. Uh, but Don, I mean, just a student of the game. I mean, he was like giving guys like a little bit of tips, but I mean, it was just like you said, everybody there was like a student of you know, whitetail hunting and they're all like there to kind of learn from each other and get everybody's different perspectives. It was fun. It was extremely fun. Uh, I had a, a blast. It's a great time. We, it were, talking elk, we were talking elk hunting up there too. One of the guys in my group were walking oh, yeah. around. He's like, man, I'm getting ready for Colorado again this year. We were talking about oh, yeah. for beds. Um, oh was, yeah. It was, awesome. it was a great time. Hopefully we'll be able to do that again. Um, we were talking about maybe doing one late summer, like a, like a dedicated scouting workshop, not so much a gear day. That was a big request at the event. So uh, that might happen. We don't know. It's May. I guess we could probably. When do you think we could? We would know that by. Maybe. I don't know. It, it depends if anything else spikes back up and go back and maybe no early down. July. The event would take place probably in like August or something like that. Yeah, which would be a miserable time to be in the woods. But if you show up, that tells us that you dedicated. You, yeah, you're just like you're like us. You got something wrong with you. You just like deer hunting way too much. Yep, exactly. And also. Talking about now, I think I have a place that we can do, um, if we want to do like two parts to it, and mm-hmm. we want to do like a Cal Topo tutorial and kind of aerial map tutorial and kind of dive in. I've got a place really? now for us. So. Oh, sweet. So we can all come back and, and do that. Oh, okay, cool. That was a big problem that we were having with planning this. Cool. Yep. All right. Well, yeah, that we'll, uh, we'll try and figure that out within the next month or two, whatever. Um, but yeah, anyways. Well, uh, we don't normally do intros, but we did an intro for this because it's, it's kind of a unique situation. But uh, that's all I got. You got anything? Nope. All right. Get it. Let's flip it over. Yep. We're good. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. We're sitting here with all these people who came out to the uh, Bows and Bruce today. Thank all of you for coming out. It was a really good time. We demoed a bunch of gear. We scouted a little bit, and we shot some bows, and we told hunting stories. It was a good time, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, I've had a, we got a, quite a few guys here locally that showed up, and also have some guys that uh, you know came from out of state as well. Um, and out of state guys, I'd like for y'all to come up and just talk for a second with the mic, um, since I think Drake, you drove the farthest. I'm gonna have you talk first. All right, so we got Drake who came down from Southern Illinois. Now he's also down here for the Bassmaster Classic. Uh, Drake, I would like for you to introduce yourself. How long was your drive, and uh, what was your favorite part of today? Um, so I'm Drake, um, and it was about, hold, 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 hold it closer. Perfect. Right here. Okay. Yes. Yeah, like an expert. Okay, cool. 
Alright, so uh, my drive was about seven hours. I only drove two hours for this morning because I'm, I'm at Gunnersville right now for the Bassmaster Classic. Um, but I really wanted to come down here and check out some saddles and some gear and all that. And um, I, I really enjoy going out on the scouting trip and, and getting to see some of the stuff uh, that, that y'all have down here and kind of getting an eye for what y'all are looking for and just kind of being able to take it back home and, and work on that. But I also liked uh, being able to test out some saddles and stuff, and I'm pretty sure I got um, kind of the rig that I'm going to be uh, buying soon. So that's pretty cool. Which is? Oh, uh, Cruiser and the Podium uh, uh, platform by Out on the Limb. So the Cruiser saddle, Podium platform from Out on the Limb, and those are uh, those are pretty cool. And plus I'm going to be running those Hawk Helium steps, but I'm probably going to try to buy the uh, – the cut down version ones yeah Sweet. So, awesome yeah. good setup it was a great transition all right chad you're up next from cruiser saddles so uh i reached out to chad a couple weeks ago about this event thought it'd be pretty cool since he's a uh, one of the newer manufacturers doing some cool stuff oh man dropping the microphone sorry bro <laughs> nobody told me about this i didn't know what cruise i've never heard of wow dude, you are not, you're not on the forum bro I know. i'm not in the loop you gotta get with the times man hey Come on. hey i loved it i loved your saddle for real thanks dude i yeah. appreciate it but uh, anyway, so uh, again, Chad, kind of give us a rundown uh, about yourself. How long was your drive? What was your favorite thing today? And give us a run through of uh, Cruiser Saddles. So I drove down from Cookville, Tennessee, um, four hours. Uh, cruiser basically just culminated from DIY. Um, had a lot of friends that wanted a saddle. Ended up making them a saddle and really got a lot of positive feedback. And uh, just decided to brand it, man. So, get, okay, listen, you got thousands of people listening to you right now. Give me your sure. best selling pitch for Cruiser Saddles. <laughs> if you want to kill a bruiser this fall, get a cruiser. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I like it. If you want to kill go, a bruiser, there you go. get a cruiser. That's, yep, that's awesome. it. That's awesome, dude. That's right. <laughs> Dude, well, well your uh, your two saddles are hits today. Thanks, uh, man. The, uh, the XC, XC. Uh, which is your pleated version, which is yep. freaking killer, dude. Very Thanks, streamlined. Man. I appreciate it. Yeah, very streamlined. Great uh, craftsmanship with that. And then the S series, yep. correct? Yep. XC is expansion chamber mm-hmm. on the seat. Uh, S is just the standard saddle. Yeah, so yep. which, is, which is killer. It was a, a big hit with all the guys. I think pretty much everybody got, in, got to at least try out one of the models and uh, yeah. really good feedback, so that was killer. Cool, man. Man. Uh, so we appreciate you coming down. I yeah. uh, appreciate you bringing stuff down in a demo, and hopefully with this, people can check out your website and uh, maybe yeah. go order a saddle. That'd be yeah, cool. Cruisersaddles.com, C-R-U-Z-R. Sweet. Awesome. Appreciate Thanks, it, guys. brother. All right. Next, who I want to get up here real quick, Israel, where are you at? Florida, Florida man. man. Yeah, yeah. So his nickname today is Florida Man. Uh, so, so give give us your best rundown. Uh, who you are, how long the drive was, where you're from, and a uh, favorite part today that we went over. Name's Israel Adams. I'm from Laurel Hill, Florida. A little closer. A little closer. Little cl- oh, Atta boy. Perfect. There you go. Right, what a pro. There we go. There we go. Uh, Israel Adams, Laurel Hill, Florida, and uh, I drove about three and a half hours up here to kind of meet and greet some of the guys that are you know from Southern Outdoorsman and and get get to know what a little bit of terrain features that they're they're hunting and different techniques and tactics that that we're going through as a public land hunter and uh currently uh method that i'm using down in the panhandle florida there is i'm running a i'm running a saddle with a hand climber method and uh so and today uh chad from chad uh, cruiser saddles was in and uh I really enjoyed his saddles. Um, that is that is definitely going to be a plus for the market uh, today. He's he's got great craftsmanship, and uh, everybody here, you know, was we had a great time and going through everybody's gear, you know, and putting everything out there, you know, out on the forefront for for these guys that are running mobile and you know running gun and everything like we like to do and we enjoy. Yeah, well, it was killer. Again, uh, nothing bad to say about that. Plus, you had a good drive up here. So, what was your favorite part of today from what we did? Uh, my favorite part of today would probably be seeing everybody's uh, everybody's setup, uh, running through some packs uh, and running through everybody's gear and seeing what's working for you know for different guys and different terrain features that that they hunt. 
you know, some guys are, are running mountainous terrain, some guys are running flatland, some guys are running a swamp like me. So, um, you know, that was probably the best eye-opener that I had throughout the day. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Talked a little rabbit hunting, a little beagle. That's right. Action. That's right. We got a little small game action going on. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Benny showed up today and mm-hmm. uh, let us know he had been on a rabbit hunt and uh, killed a few rabbits and everything kind of tied in together from, from start to finish, from small game right on out through and kind of finished up a little bit on talking turkeys a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and 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 you uh, you commented on his briar pants. <laughs> That's right. There's no doubt. Uh, Mr. Benny showed up, and uh, his briar pants have naturally born seen it. They've they've been <laughs> they've been through the mill, and I knew right away he was a guy that you could lean on. He was going to be a, a work truck, and and somebody that that you knew that was going to have a lot of knowledge about the woods and just straight woodsmanship, and that's a definite plus coming from you know, from listening to the, to the older generations and trying to pass it on to some of these newer guys that are coming along trying to figure out that woodmanship is definitely the key to anything that we do. Yeah, for sure, man. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Israel, we appreciate it. Thank you, brother, for stopping by and, and uh, visiting today. Uh, and then last but not least, uh, this when it comes to distance, we got Michael Yates over here. And, uh, <laughs> Michael, I know you're all comfy with your Kafaru – seat but uh we're gonna need you to come over here real quick with your blaze orange hoodie i'm trying to, i'm trying to lay a visual for all the listeners out there rocking blaze orange and uh got everything else with you so just hold that up to your, your hey mouth. everybody awesome <laughs> <laughs> uh, had about a three-hour drive down yep uh, it's quite fun it's actually a this is a big state park yeah you know, trying to get in we actually drove by it and so we actually went up top of the hill and looked around that was fun with the missus, you know. It, I'm like, where in the heck's archery range? Well, <laughs> I get all the way up and I look at it. Heck, we drove right by it. <laughs> but, well, uh, uh, well, I was going to say, so, Michael, uh, where are you from again? Winchester, Tennessee. Win- Winchester, Tennessee. Drove down from Winchester, Tennessee. Some people probably might know Michael from uh, his episode he did with uh, Big Buck Registry on podcast. Uh, I believe that was last year, too. Yeah. Anyways, that was a, a very popular episode. He's a guest. We're planning sooner or later trying to work out a time to be able to get him on as well. But, uh, Michael, it's it's cool to have you down here. Show some of your tactics. Thanks. Have a laugh with everybody. <laughs> and uh, definitely, um, you know, more than meets the eye when it comes to talking to you on the phone for three to four hours and actually coming out here and, and talking about some of the stuff is pretty it's cool. It's different when you can see it in person. Yep. It's, it's a whole other experience, to say the least, and – Actually, I looked at some of the saddles and all, but I still keep my feet on the ground. That's a young man's game, and just ain't for me. Like you said earlier, you're not a squirrel. That's it. <laughs> now, I may be squirrel food, but I'm not a squirrel. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's been a good one. I've enjoyed it. Thank you all for having us out. Awesome, yeah. awesome. Was there anything today that you really enjoyed that's kind of your special thing from today's event? The camaraderie was that was off the hook. That made the trip right there. I'm going to be giggling half the way home time this is over with. <laughs> and I thank everyone here that showed up. That was great. Awesome. Awesome. I do appreciate it. Yeah, we, we uh, I think we all enjoyed that. It was a really good time. Kind of, again, I'm horrible with names. I'm absolutely horrible with names. But uh, it's good to kind of see everybody here and kind of, you know, talk about everybody's different, not only their hunting history and background, but where everybody's from and kind of uh, they, what, they what brought no you here. joke about the bunny buster. Them pants right there, that told you right there, boy. I looked at Tim when I seen him, and I'm like, y'all better start paying attention to that old man right there. <laughs> you look at them boots and pants, and they're chewed up like that. He's got some stories for you. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. How does he? Mr. Benny's no joke, so oh, he's a future guest as well. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. I want to hear that live. <laughs> Just call me oh, on yeah. the phone for that one. Yeah. Wow. But awesome. Yeah, he's a hoot. Yeah, well, Michael, we, we appreciate you again kind of stopping down. Y'all. We'll try to rock it and roll a little bit. Um, well, again, I think today's event was, was a really good time. My, one of my favorite things was kind of meeting everybody here, uh, you know, putting faces to names and also just meeting new people. And hopefully everybody enjoyed, you know, coming out and not only test out some of the gear, but also the guys that were here that's been here since this morning on the scouting trip. 
you know, we, we scouted a piece of uh, public land here uh, that is uh, pretty rough, pretty rugged. There's a lot of deer here, uh, but definitely is out of our comfort zone when it comes to what me and Andrew hunt. Uh, so hopefully y'all kind of learned something from that today. I know I learned a lot from some of y'all uh, on that perspective. But anyways, we've had, a, we've had a lot of good times today, and I know Andrew's over here all nice and quiet, but what do you have, buddy? Scouting was fun. I'm glad that we actually found stuff. Because I was like, how many people like how many people showed up for that, do you think? Because I don't know. I didn't count. Eighteen. Eighteen? So I'm here walking through the woods with 18 people or whatever, and I'm like, man, I sure hope we find something. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was pretty stressful. But we got up there, and, man, we found a bunch of beds. Here, you want to give Michael a headset? We'll talk about that real quick. Yeah, pass that across to him. Be very gentle. No, I can just cut the audio. Here, stick that on. Oh, Michael. Oh, Michael Pike. What's up, guys? Returning guest once again. So, Michael, what are your thoughts? I thought it was awesome. Yeah, it was a yeah. good time. Yeah, it was a real good time. Um, we had a good turnout. Yeah. Y'all had a good turnout. Hey, me. and you're a part of it. You helped <laughs> us. Michael, Michael added a lot to the scouting workshop. Whoever was with our group, you can probably agree with that. Michael, Michael's squirming around in the woods. He's like, here's a deer hair. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to get this thing going for three years now. That was back when we was when I was with Southern Ground, and me and Parker's <laughs> like, man, we need to get this thing going. I was like, y'all want to go? And uh, man, it's been a long time coming, but I'm glad, you know, glad it finally uh, finally happened. Yeah, hopefully the first of many. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Um, what do you think about scouting this place? Let's let's paint a picture for people of what this looks like, and then we'll talk about what what we did. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, mature timber. I mean, there's no, you know. No timber harvest around here. Um, everything's mature. Everything's pretty much open for the most part. I mean, you got some little pockets of cover here and there, but for the most part, it's wide open. It's kind of like a black warrior, as yeah. Far, as far as what it looks like mm -hmm. for anybody around here in this area, yeah. So, so big climax forest, as like a forester would call it. Uh, nothing up underneath, really. Like no, no cutovers, no nothing like that. Um, went up on a big hill. And found a bunch of tree stands. Yeah, there were a lot of tree stands. What do we find? Like like four or five? Like four tripods, a, a new ladder stand, uh, and an old climber that was grown into a tree. Yep. Yeah. So uh, got up there, and uh, there was kind of a lack of deer sign at first. There wasn't really anything up there. And we kind of stopped. There's a huge saddle, a real noticeable saddle on the ridge and we went up to that and that's something that would catch your eye right and so you go up there to it and there really wasn't anything smack in it. smack dab in the middle of it it's a big old ladder <laughs> yeah, i mean literally smack and that in probably the had something to do with it yeah when we started finding beds what 30 or 40 yards away from it yeah so like I, i'm sure that y'all remember we were standing there and michael's like yeah this right here this guy's probably got it ruined but i bet if we go over there we'll find a bed and did we not find a bed like right there i mean mm -hmm. I'm telling you, man. Michael, yeah. Michael's like a I mean, like a bloodhound. When it, when it comes to this stuff, I mean, it. I mean, you can look at a topo. I mean, it's always the same. As long as you got some decent cover, I mean, they're along the you know that military grass. So, um, yeah, and decent cover comes in a lot of forms because what we went through yeah. today, I would consider terrible cover. Right. Yeah, it wasn't good at all. Um, but you know, where we did have something like a blowdown or you know, like a little divot or something like that. I mean, there was a bed in it most of the time. So mm -hmm. I think that was wise because that was the only cover that was up there. So I'll say, did y'all notice how many uh, red oaks were up there on those ridge tops and yeah. down the side of the ridges? Yeah. I mean, we were, I was finding, we were finding some that were still, I mean, just rotten. Like they just didn't get eaten um, in and around just different beds. You know, every time you find, like you said, a little bit of thick cover, you'd find deer sign there in rubs all up and down the ridge. I know Israel, we were crawling around up through all those short pines and, Every single one of them is rubbed, and you start seeing these long, these long, um, you know, rub lines going all the way down the ridge, kind of down towards where y'all went as well, uh, which was really fascinating because that was a big freaking ridge. Yeah. Not We've, only height-wise, but length. I mean, it's super long. So. Yeah. We found a uh, cluster of rubs right, right next to one of those draws, and then, and then a pretty nice-sized bed, like, right next to it. So. Yeah. Yeah, that, a really nice bed. That would probably been a good spot. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because we were walking through there, and uh, every spot where there was a little bit of – not even like good cut, like not anything that you would like normally hear us talking about with good cover, but it's right. just like there'll be some small pines that are just smaller than the rest of the trees or like three or four inches in diameter. And there's just enough of an edge right there where you got like some sparkleberry and stuff growing. 
and there's you it just obstructs vision enough and that's like where the deer were hanging out mm-hmm. it seemed like you're yeah. right with the spark, sparkleberry i'm pointing at israel right now it's like man this looks like a sparkleberry i'm like i don't know what the crap that is man <laughs> i'm like I'm it, just it gonna took me a minute to get it i'm like i'm, I'm fairly certain it's a sparkleberry yep. <laughs> I thought you just made that name up. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I thought. He said it was like a sparkleberry. I was like, man, what is that sparkle? I'm like, whatever. I don't, I don't know, so I'll, I'll roll with it. Yeah. When it comes to tree identification, this I'm not your guy. Nope. It's a woody shrub. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, anywhere where there was sparkleberry. I mean, y'all saw that too. That's right. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, you could look at the edges on sparkleberry. And once the sparkleberry made that edge and made that can- that small canopy, uh, it was it was there was a bed there, or it was the leading edge of a combined trail front. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a good way of putting it. It is like a it's like a lower canopy. You know, you got your high trees, and then these things are like the canopy of the sparkleberry is like, you know, chin high or so. Uh, yeah, and there's beds in it, rubs going through it. Uh, and man, the trails in there were pretty daggum yeah. worn out. I mean, big, heavy trails cutting to the side Especially of the mountain. Especially up there where that, that, you know, wall kind of was cut in. So, yeah. So there was a bluff in there, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was pretty much a bluff. It wasn't like a natural rock bluff. It was like a erosion coming off the side of the mm-hmm. hill. It was like a big cut bank, like a huge cut bank. We were yeah. throwing rocks. There's rocks rolling off the hill. And I was thinking about you guys. I was like, man, I hope they're not down there. <laughs> Break someone's shin. Yep. Yeah, that was that was a pretty good scouting trip. It was a good time. Yeah, yeah. One thing that I thought about was uh, we had a great representation, Israel, when we got to the top of that ridge. Is you know that south side of the ridge, which is what we wanted to focus on, was so thick. And I think everybody here that was on the scouting workshop, that south side was so thick. And we went to the north side and hopped over, and it's completely like what you hear a lot of guys on the podcast talk about pretty woods. I mean, it's just night and day. You know, thick stuff that probably during this, you know early season to mid season, you probably couldn't see more than you know twenty, thirty yards and some of that stuff. You go to the the north side of the ridge, and it's freaking wide open for hundreds of yards. It's all the way to the bottom. (laughs) And it's like you could tell there's a difference between the deer sign and them staying and, you know, moving more probably during daylight hours on that south side where it was so much thicker, so much more cover than they did on the north side of the ridge. Um, So that was very, very fascinating. It was a really good example because we popped up over the hilltop. I'm like, holy crap, man, this is complete, you know, a 180 from what it is on the the south side. So Yeah, yeah. kind of a long knife-edge ridge. Yeah, I was telling Andrew, I was – you know, I was surprised we were finding as many beds, honestly, as we did because yeah. a lot of times, you know, that military crest, it ran out pretty close to the top of the spine of that ridge. I mean, it, it was up there pretty high, and there was no cover up high. It was all, you know, once it dropped off. Yep. And so all of the beds we were finding were just kind of sporadic beds, you know, wherever you can find a flat spot above like a tree um, or those little, I don't know what, I don't know. Yeah, those little, little burrows or something. Yeah. Or almost like where a tree had fallen that, over. And that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And really and truly, the trails were running right in that upper third. Yep. Yep. You know, that's where they were getting the most sunlight for that cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, those little flat spots are where a tree fell a long time ago and it mm-hmm. ripped up the root wad. Yeah. And now there's like that just perfect, I mean, literally just big enough for a deer to lay on. Right. And we found one in those short pines. I can't remember who uh, – or the guy that was uh, with us. Uh, he's gone now, but he stepped right in it. And I was like, there's a bed right there. And, I mean, it was down to the dirt. There's hair all in it. Yeah. It was a really nice bed. I was surprised we didn't find a shed antler. I was really surprised in that one little section right there. Yeah. You were like, y'all start looking. I was like, y'all start looking. I just, it just had that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what we were talking about as well. I'm like, man, this is the place you're going to find a shed, mm-hmm. uh, like that sparkle bigger and everything, where you're kind of like going through it. I'm like, dude, there's going to be something here somewhere, but we never found one. But one thing yeah. we noticed, I think, was – and, Israel, you can kind of add into this, and I think the, the mic's going to pick you up. You know, we were finding most of those beds on that – whatever topo line we were walking on, they were all on that line. Mm-hmm. Like there's that one trail – or there's – where we were, there's four trails going down the side of the ridge, mm-hmm. going parallel with the ridge top. And all the beds were between pretty much two different trails. I mean, constantly now, I'm not going to say any of them were buck beds because most of the time when you found one bed, there's three or four beds close by, which is going to be a doe group. Yeah. Um, but it was just kind of interesting kind of finding that stuff. And then there was that one point, one of the first beds we found, that there's one point that jumped off um, kind of farther out from everything else. And there was one really good bed on the edge. But, again, it wasn't the biggest bed in the world, but it had pretty good cover around it, uh, which was something that kind of got us excited. Typically the beds that we were finding were running between the upper two trails you know, and that, and for me, just thinking that's picking up the, the early morning sunlight and warming that side a little easier, you know, a little quicker. 
and and it's letting that growth stay stay greener longer. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's providing a little bit more cover on that. Yeah, we found a lot of good stuff up high. Um, there was parts that was fairly open or really open in other places. Then when the pines start thicking up, dude, the mm. deer sound just was crazy. Yeah, um, yeah. Especially with the rubs. I mean, dude, we found. I some, saw a couple of impressive rubs. Oh yeah, yeah. We we found some fantastic ones. But I mean, it's kind of got me to the point. I'm like, man, it would be cool to draw a tag out or draw a season out here where you can actually come mm. hunt. But again, um, I tell you where, hey, I, maybe maybe we'll work where, on it. Yeah, where I'd like to go is down there on the other side of the lake, between that and the road. You know, nobody's stopping right there. It's just, it yep. looks like it'd be the spot to be. Yep. Which, by the way, we're talking about Oak Mountain State Park. You know, everybody here is fully aware of that, I think. But uh, everybody listening to the episode right now, Oak Mountain State Park in uh, just south of uh, Birmingham in Alabama. Yep. Um, but we'll have to do another one of these for sure. Uh, like you said, like at the Cabo. Um, uh, Cabo River Park. Cabo River Park. I think that would be fantastic to do something like this again because mm-hmm. it has way more diversity. Oh, yeah. Which for most of us is more relatable than, you know, giant hardwood stands and old growth timber. Yeah. Uh, which that tree right there looks like someone took a climb or two. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it sure does. Look at that. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think today was a good example. Uh, kind of some of us that were with like my group, we were talking about um, – it was one of you two asked me about uh, how confident are you on the like seven-year-old cutover thing, and I was like, it depends. Uh, I think today is a pretty good example of that because there's no cutovers out here, but like structure and cover and everything is relative. And everywhere where you got up there on that ridge and there was a little – just I mean, just a little bit more structure and cover – that's where all the deer sign was. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was pretty obvious that's where they're hanging out, especially in early season because with that sparkleberry and everything, it actually would be pretty thick in there where you couldn't really see more than 10 yards. And so that'd be pretty cool to, you know, slink up in there and shimmy up a tree and, and be right there on top of a trail. Yeah. What you got? Speak loud. Speak really loud for him. Really loud. Yeah. All right. So, like, also, like, I'm from Illinois, like I said earlier, so – this stuff is all kind of like new to me and if y'all are anywhere around the country or or whatnot and you can't really identify what they're really talking about um, as far as their thick cover and that sort of thing um, it can really apply to to anywhere Um, illinois we we don't really have that much thick cover unless you're down in the river bottoms and this nasty buck brush and all that sort of thing grows up or um, let's say you're in nebraska where there's just plains and that sort of thing Um, some of the things that we were looking for as well today is when we were walking up a trail we just see a little cluster of you know pines that were just uh, you know six foot tall or so and this little cluster you'd find a group of like three beds right in there so I mean it just there it doesn't have to be super thick obviously around here they look for super thick but if you're in a spot where it's open hardwoods and you just find that little bit of diversity that little bit of edge um, you'll or, or follow a trail in pinch points, which we found also today. You'll you'll do pretty good. You'll find deer bedding in there. So it can really be all across the board with with this cover thing. It doesn't have to be rabbit hunting thick if you don't have rabbit hunting thick. It just has to be exactly thicker very than good point. The norm. Yeah, yeah, man. And uh, I was telling some of y'all, you know, Mr. Benny was here earlier. If you didn't know Mr. Benny, he's the guy that brought me up hunting, really. He's the guy that got me really into hunting, got me good at hunting, is kind of what I tell people. And we grew up hunting stuff exactly like this out here. And uh, we were standing here, I was like, let me ask you this, because I've never really asked him. I was like, what do you look for when you come out here? And Ben has killed like a bunch, he's killed a bunch of big deer. I mean, he's got a a full wall, and he's like, oh, look for saddles. That's it. I'm like, dang, because he... Yeah, I mean, in today's day and age, yeah, in today's day and age, man, I'm expecting him to be like, oh, I look for buck beds and and this and that. He's like, all he does is he goes and looks for a saddle with buck sign coming through it. That's it, you know. <laughs> and it's like, man, do we overthink this stuff sometimes? Good lord. Keep it simple. Keep it, keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> and that's how, man, that's how that's how Ben is. That's how Glenn was. That's how Adrian is. I'm sh- I'm sure that's how Don is from the little bit I talked to him. Dude, oh yeah, he was in our group, dude. Don was on point. Yeah, like, Don was the man. I want to talk to Don, man. Listen, we'll have to get him on the podcast because he's another local. Um, yeah, dude, he was like, he was asking me, he's like, well, how would you hunt this? Like that first bed we found, he's like, well, how would you hunt this? And I was trying to think. I was like, you know, it'd be difficult because the wind and thermals and everything, because it was at an elevation. If you if you came up from the bottom, he's gonna see you or hear you or 
possibly smell you, like, mm-hmm. for sure, at least two of those. If you came from the top of it, you came around the backside of the ridge and came over the top, um, you know, most likely he's going to probably smell you. Um, and he's like, he's like, to be honest, I would never even hunt this because he's like, when we first hiked up the ridge, there's like one major trail farther down on the ridge. And he's like, I guarantee that deer is coming off the top of that bed and he's going down towards like the, uh, which we had the golf course below us. And he's like, I'm sure he's going to go down there. And he's like, I'd be sitting down there waiting for him. I wouldn't push all the way up to the top and, and blow him out because he's like, I don't think you can hunt this without blowing that deer out. Yeah, and every rub we marked was headed to that golf course. <laughs> so that's that was one of his decide. He was looking outside the box mm-hmm. that we were actually in. And that was a, a thing that he brought to us that was that was really good. Mm-hmm. That he was looking outside the box. Why are they moving there? He knew they were going to feed. You mm-hmm. know? He knew they were going to where the does were at. So he picked up on that real quick. Yep. Yeah. That Jeff Holman tactic with the cameras. Yeah. Would really be beneficial out here. Like to make sure that they're going that way. For, for like a fact, you could, you know, for two days, four days, or whatever, put that camera and keep it in the back. Yeah, terrain like this, if anyone ever listened to that episode with Jeff Homan talking about backtracking bucks to their beds with trail cameras, this place would be fantastic for that because of all the different topography edges and stuff and like those blowdown trees. I mean, I think you could easily backtrack a buck to his bed and find out how he's entrance or how he's going to and from that bed fairly easily out here if you were running cameras. No, just because what the terrain is. It's kind of harder on flat ground because the deer, you know, they want to stay on their trails, but on flat land, which, again, Israel, you probably can relate with, the deer, for some reason, he could just jump off the trail and go a different direction. We're, like, in this hill country and really, I mean, not not mountains, but definitely, like, some freaking big ridges. Uh, those deer are a lot more um, conducive to go a certain way, which would make it fairly easier, I think, and I think Jeff would probably agree with that, of backtracking them with that camera. Even on those pinch points that we saw, where the trails get a lot tighter, yep. like almost like a, oh yeah. If you're like at a, a contour line and it was telling you like it, it's steeper and, and it like the, the contour lines get closer together, that's kind of what these trails were kind of it looked like. If you kind they would start out wide and then they come together and then they get wide. Yep. Yeah. Camera, I'm sure in there, and you could track where they're. Going. I, I was gonna say I know my group noticed like where we had a big down tree, like a huge red oak or something fell over. Like, the deer trails, I mean, funneled around it, I mean, to the T. I mean, that was one thing Don was saying. He's like, man, this would be an awesome bow hunting spot. There was this huge reddick that fell down the side of the hill, and all those trails, the four trails just merged within, like, 20 yards of each other. I mean, you could set the base of that tree where it fell over, get up in the tree right there, and freaking shoot that whole hillside up above you uh, or get up above it, but they're all going to be net down next to you. Um, and there's a ton of stuff like that. I'm sure maybe the other group saw some of that as well. But again, yeah, we did. Yeah, those <clears throat> just those down trees and stuff like this can, I mean, make or break whether that deer is coming 45 yards by your stand or coming 15 yards by your stand. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was a fun day. I can't wait to scout the place that actually has cutovers and stuff, though. Dude. Yeah, I think I think yeah. one one topic that that's going to be good for is a lot of people struggle finding beds and pines because they can't really see, you the, know, the depression. The depression. Yep. Um. So it it'll be a good one to uh to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's helpful coming out. Like if you've never found beds before, it's definitely helpful to come out with somebody and go find them. Cause then you you see it, and it's like once you, it's like when you learn what kind of tree a certain tree is, and then you know you see it everywhere. It's kind of the same thing with beds. Like you learn what it looks like and where they're at, and then you, it just builds on itself. I got a question for both of y'all, and this is everybody else can kind of again ask questions as well with this. That's one reason why we want to do this live podcast. But my question for both of y'all. How much do y'all really take in consideration those beds and actually going in there and killing deer from those beds? Yeah, that's what we talked about. So no. they, they no. can't see they, no. they can't listeners can't <laughs> see you shaking your head in. Yeah. No. So no. It's a, it's an audio show. There's a couple people here watching, but it's an audio show. <laughs> so what y'all thoughts? I, you want to go first? No, you can go first. <laughs> All right. We had this conversation up there on the mountain. Um, I think if if you take away one thing from this, you know. Once you you know you're able to locate these beds and you start putting all the pieces together, it's going to help you in the big picture. You know, I'm not saying you're going to be able to go and find a bed, kill a buck over it, but you're going to know where you can access and where you can't. You know, because I mean these these things are pretty consistent, and um, if you can figure that part out, it's going to help you in the long run because you can get in and access a little bit better. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm on the exact same page. I don't think that I would ever set up on one of these and try and kill a deer out of it. 
especially with what I just saw from MSU and their GPS collar study, where it's like they're just not using the same beds that often. Uh, so I don't know, man. I, I do think the biggest thing for me is is knowing where they're at to not get busted when I'm walking in. Yep. I feel like that's been like the biggest thing because I used to blow out deer a lot, and now that I understand where the beds are, I don't blow out deer as much. But then also cutovers, like a, like we were talking about earlier, there's like a 400-acre cutover. It's like, well, where do I go in this cutover? If there's like some good bedding points on it, then I'll start there and focus there, and that worked really well for me in the late season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. These big open ridge hardwood beds, I just don't know, I don't know about them. Yep. <laughs> All right, perfect. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, like y'all were talking about, not being able to go to, straight to the bed and hunt it. You know, it's so thick around where, where I'm at until you can't get to that bed without busting deer. So you're going to have to hunt your, you're going to have to hunt your transitions outside of the bedding area or your secondary transitions just inside of that bedding area. So you, once you find that area that they're using for bed because it's so thick, they're not going to be in that, you know, they're not going to be locked down to that 10 or 15 acres that some people typically see in the Midwest, you know, where they, they've only got that one little thicket. Where we're at, it's so spread out and he can, you know, talking about a mature deer being able to lay anywhere he wants you know and cover two or three hundred acres if he really has to yeah well i found like here as y'all was discussing them coming down into the golf course you know where they're feeding go as far away from that as you can when you come into the night to get access your stand guess what they're over here Mm -hmm. they're over here Mm-hmm. Catch them going back to bed. Yep. Yeah, that, that is absolutely true. Again, I, I've played golf here on this golf course before and seen, I mean, 40 or 50 deer on, I think it was like hole eight over here, uh, whichever one's on the back corner. Um, and it's it's ridiculous. And it's, I mean, you're exactly right. Especially, it doesn't matter if it's that, if it's ag field, if it's a green field, if it's uh, a hardwood ridge that they're feeding on top of, like at night. Yeah, that's a good point. Just, you know, try to figure out how you can get in there, even on a morning hunt and get in between them going back to bed and killing them. Because um, definitely that transition line, because they got to go up that ridge that we were hiking up on today. So finding that lower transition line that they've got to come up past you on, you know, it ought to it ought to work out pretty good for you. Uh, so that's, that's a good point. And, again, that was uh, Michael Yates. I don't know if that came across the audio. Yep, yep. Um, so let's open up to uh, – unless do you all have anything else you want to cover? No. Okay. Let's open up to any um, – questions from any of y'all i don't know if there's anything y'all ever wanted to ask us before on a podcast episode or if you want to say something about scouting today like we had a bunch of conversations about uh like looking at this stuff and comparing it to our like what we've been doing over the years so if anyone's got anything to add i'd love to hear it so like who else who all like out of here hunts like this sort of thing like on a regular basis like where it's not as thick but it's it's like more pretty woods so we got we got two pretty woods, but it's more like hard big hardwoods. It's big hardwoods, but within the big hardwoods, you can find something that you wouldn't call thick, maybe, but like it's thicker than what yeah. you see everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, you need to come sit over here in front of the, in front of the. This is exactly. You want my chair? You want my chair? You can come no, over I'm here. Good. Well, well, Michael. Exactly I, what I hunt on my mountain. If you ever go over Mont Eagle Mountain. Okay. instance here like this can be directed for literally anyone because yep. I, it's just something i need to know but like are you you wouldn't in a lot of us are talking about not hunting beds like in this instance because you're afraid of getting like blowing them out of the way or blowing the deer and getting them like you know busted up or whatnot um so are y'all hunting trails for like bed to feed is that what because that's what we were looking at today and we were seeing a lot of trails um, and then we would see the beds further in from the trails. So are we just, would y'all, like, the way I would approach this is look for these trails and hunt these trails rather than hunting these beds because I think you you could get too close and blow these deer out. So is that what y'all would do is, in this instance, is hunt the trails mainly? I'll let someone else who's more qualified answer after me, but uh, I hunt. I used to hunt this stuff a lot, and I hunt it, like, maybe two or three times a year. And I hunted it this year, and that's where I killed the first deer of the year. And that time, I just looked for feed sign. I mean, like, 
hard turkey scratch, like just turned over leaves, torn up ground, and that's pretty much all it did. I mean, that – well, I looked for that on a terrain feature. I went up all the way to the top of the ridge and found a bench three-quarters of the way down, actually really similar to this up here, and there was just a ton of feed sign, and I set up on it and killed one. But, yeah, I mean, that was a doe, so take that. You know, it was a doe. <laughs> it wasn't like a big buck. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's how we were doing in uh, in Black Warrior. I mean, we started out doing the bed hunting probably about uh, four or five years ago, meeting another buddy up there, and um, it's hard. It It's real hard. Uh, the deer density is usually lower in mature timber like that. Uh, the woods are a lot more wide open. They can hear you coming because it's all the, you know, oak leaves. Um it's very difficult to push in without getting busted. Um, so what we were doing is setting up between, like Michael said earlier when we were talking about the golf course, you know, if you know where the food is, um, because a lot of this area, especially in late season, it's going to be void of, uh, you know, a lot of food. So you're going to have little, you know, little areas like you may have a cutover somewhere or uh, some private, you know, field or some private, you know, land, you know, a half a mile away. And if you can position yourself in between where you know you know that bedding is in the mountains and then that you know food wherever it might be that that's what we found to be the most successful when we were doing the mature mature timber like that boom awesome you say you hunt stuff like this yeah uh, here here you go yeah uh, for the most part i hunt tva land up around the uh, tennessee river and TVA land, you've got you've got two <laughs> options. You've got two options. It's either flat and thick, is hair on a dog's back, or it's straight up and down. It's yeah. wherever they can't build houses. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what it boils down to. Uh, so, in any place that you can drive a truck in, and then access it by walk in, it's hunted to death. There's there's oh, yeah. it looks like cow trails where people walk in. So I access it with a boat. I go around and I hunt off from the boat and go up and. There's one spot that I hunt for the past few years, and I don't know why. I guess I have the old school, let's get up from a high vantage point, cover a lot of timber, and see what I can see. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, you'll kill a couple deer, nothing nice. But I can remember going up the side of the mountain, about three-quarters of the way up, there's a bench that flattens out, and there's a, a band of thick in it. And there's always deer sign, buck sign, and a trail right through the middle of it. And why I've not set up on it, I don't know. <laughs> Oh, I'm I'm guilty of that. Yeah, man. Like, I'm like, hmm, there's a lot of deer sign right here. I I need to hunt here. Well, I'm going to the top though, because that's where I said it. I was yeah, gonna go. yeah. And you're like, this looks like a good spot to never return to. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna come right on through it and mess it all up, and and going up through there, I've went ahead and, and bumped deer out of the beds on the way up the up the mountain. And I think that's exactly what where I messed up. I went too far. I should have just hunted. A little bit lower and not tried to go as far as where i thought i needed to be yeah you know listen to my sign and stuff like that and and it worked that way for one of my friends this year we was hunting the same piece of property and somebody had put a, a ladder stand in it and i marked it on gps two three years ago uh i told him i said look i'm gonna send you the coordinates go up there i don't know if the stand's there i've never hunted it but i feel like it's in a good spot there's an old road bed that comes around it's kind of thick right in there and about two hours later, I heard his heard his gun go off. <laughs> but I was hunting like a a pinch point of a saddle where an old road bed come down and it got real tight and there was buck sign on it as well. I think he shot the buck before he got to me, but you know that's how it goes sometimes. <laughs> yeah, awesome. All right, cool. And what what was your name again? Uh, Jacob Brandon. And from uh, what? Around Boaz, Alabama. Boaz, Alabama. Awesome man. You know, one thing that um, we didn't mention a little bit ago. A lot of this uh, mature timber, a lot of it's a lot steeper terrain. And that steeper terrain will funnel deer a lot better than it will in a lot of other places. And um, you can set up on those pinch points. Um, you know, you've got those really good defined trails. Uh, the bedding, when it is up there, you know where it's at because they can't just bed anywhere because it's so steep. So like today, we had those little flat spots, you know, a bit above a big pine tree. Um, and they were bedding up, you know, up on the upper side of it um, because it's the only flat spot. Um, a lot of that stuff is going to be a, a sign is going to be way more concentrated than it is like, you know, just rolling hills. So mm -hmm. that's one plus that that kind of, uh, you know, area has. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, personally, I would love to experience a place like this and actually hunt it and put some time into it because um, I feel like 
I mean, again, I know, Michael, you've hunted this a lot. Michael Yates talking. Uh, Jacob, you've hunted this kind of terrain a lot as well. You know, I feel like once you learn it and kind of understand how the deer use it, especially, like, the lack of food and the lack of, like, browse can make deer move so much and, like, concentrate them to an area. Mm. Um, Michael's like, over there. He's shaking now, his Mike, head Michael's, hard. He's over here shaking his leg. He's so excited. Get him on it. Wait, come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Hold it. Hold on. All right, just, just throw this on, and I'm, I'm going to scoot over. There you go. Hold on. There you go. Perfect. In the big open hardwoods like this, especially with the ridges, stay away from the food. They're going to eat in the dark. It's easy. Mm-hmm. So if you're cutting up this ridge and you know that there's a full out, you know, stand of white oaks, don't go in it. Leave it alone. Go back to the bed. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to pick that out, the difference, because where entry and exit gets 90% of the people. As a golf course scenario, why would you even attempt that? As in attempt the backside of it? You know, well, no. I mean, oh. you know they're down there feeding. Mm-hmm. So if you come around up here. Remember, it's audio show. Remember, just remember it's audio show. So we, we, <laughs> if we you get, come we around. Get, we're pointing. And there okay. We <laughs> if you come up from the golf course yep. and try to beat them up, you run them out. Yep. Okay, any time, because you're going in first thing in the morning, they're still on feed. Mm-hmm. If you go to the opposite end of the bed, they're not there. You're clean most times, yes. Yeah, you're clean. And when you set that way for the wind, you know what way they're coming back. Yep. Well, another big thing I think out here is, and I think we all saw this today, is the, the lack of food, the lack of browse. Like when you have cutovers and stuff, there's so much food for deer to eat. Out here, it's so limited in a lot of these places. These deer are going to have to travel to find that food, especially late into the season. Um, I feel like late season hunting stuff like this, if you can find the hot food source, it ought to be dynamite. Can you well, tell you where these deer right here are going? Golf course. They're going to those people's backyards Yards. on those rose bushes. Exactly. Well, that, and they probably got some corn piles out as well. People like seeing the deer. I guarantee you they like them little roses. Yep. The, uh, you get a lot of your food, especially on the south side. Mm-hmm. Why? Because of the sun. Yep. It's not there for shading. A lot of plants aren't shade tolerant. Yep. Well, I think, Andrew, you, you, Mr. Giggles over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think I think you're spot on, Michael. And, again, I would love to put find a place, which, I mean, I'd have to go to North Alabama and hunt something like this a lot, uh, which I really don't want to drive that. Jacob, I'll leave it all to you. <laughs> hey, man, what do you mean you don't want to drive it? Oh, man. We're I'm going next year. It might not see. <laughs> oh, geez, yeah. <laughs> you know, go on up to, say, Bear Hollow yep. in Tennessee. You'll see this very scenario play out a thousand times. Mm-hmm. Any any of your ridges and whatnot, when you find, a.k.a. the saddler whatnot, guess what? This way's food. This way's going to be bed. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of a waiting game on it. Yep, sitting in between them. Um well, I'll, so in your areas, kind of like where you hunt, because you're hunting like southern Tennessee, mm-hmm. um, you know, very south uh, Tennessee, is the especially as the season changes and as it gets later in the season, what does that food shift turn like? I mean, are they still hitting red oaks late into the season? Are they hitting just woody browse? What do you mostly woody browse and red oaks? That's yeah. all that's left. Yeah. And then if you have any kind of agriculture, whatever, whether it's a person's front yard, uh, a cow pasture. Any change of the typical just oak flat. Yep. That's where they're going every time. Yep. Well, that's that's something challenging. I think that would be an awesome challenge sometime in the future to try to, you know, obtain that and, and try to kill a deer in those areas. Even if it's a doe, I'd, I'd be so fired up to kill a doe in here. I'd tell you, it'd be awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, but the thing is, factory. when you start killing them up in these hills, they got to come back out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you packing. Listen, we packing. We going downhill. We killing it up high, and we coming down the hill. Well, that's that. TVA land. You go uphill, you shoot them, it's all downhill to the boat. Exactly. This, that's what <laughs> I'm dragging. talking about. That's what, that's what I'm talking about. Exactly. Just load her in the boat, good to go. But the running, <laughs> running the ridges, especially of the older, any, any density change will be what they'll travel on. Mm-hmm. If if you get just any kind of grass above knee high, they're going to walk that edge. Something different every time. Yep. They're not going to do it just open blank hardwood, except in 
pitch dark, so yep. don't even bother putting a stand up. That's one thing I think, again, a lot of us noticed today, kind of go back over that, but like those subtle edges inside that timber, like those subtle vegetation edges, that's where that deer sign was at. Either just in that thick stuff or on the edge of it was where a lot of that sign really congregated. Uh, so, yeah, spot on with that. Um, uh, yeah, I was going to what? We're sitting here at uh, – Drake, you got another question? Yeah. All right, appreciate it, Michael. Yes, sir. And then after this, we'll wrap it up after this. Yeah, we're sitting at 45 minutes. And we're we about to get locked inside. <laughs> well, uh, that'd be awkward. I didn't bring my camping gear. <laughs> man, sleep in the truck, man. Uh, again, I didn't bring my camping gear. It's going to get cold. <laughs> we had one guy bring his camping gear, and he looked pretty good in it. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's some nice All right, what you, what you got, Drake? All right, so, well, one thing that we that I just wanted to add real quickly before we, we jump off here is, like, um, me and Jacob, we were we were in the same group scouting together, mm-hmm. and um, we were sitting up on that hill um, in right over a bed, I'm, I'm pretty sure is where we were, and Jacob was talking about the wind and how it was, like, swirling, how we got thermals, and as we were talking, it went from, like, north, south, and then hit us from the west or something, and yeah. it was just swirling bad. And it just kind of, I'm not, if someone, you know, wants to hunt the wind that, and they're doing good with it, you know, that's what they want to do, that they're good with that. But I don't see, especially here, how hunting the wind as much, I mean, was going to like help you as much, you know what I'm saying? I think like understanding thermals and understanding that, but like saying like the deer are going to bed because of this wind, it's so crazy that it's going to be hard. And one thing that, like, I noticed back home is where we have some hills and some mountains and stuff in, in you know, a part of our state. Um, it's more about escape and more about being able to see. Um, the visual. Lot, yeah. A lot of ours, like, will bet on access or close to access, um, especially where uh, on our land itself. They'll, they'll set up there so they know, like, they're safe. You know, they can see anything coming in. Or I had an instance where I had a bed. Um, right basically there was a a ridge to the like right there was a a steep drop off right in front of them and they were bedded up against a bluff wall to their back so they had they could run up the ridge because like a mountain goat because they're deer and yeah but they could also escape down and they could see everything coming at them but nothing could get them from the back Mm -hmm. so they all were like that deer and that group of does or what bucks or whatever was betting there was thinking about escape and was thinking about what's coming at them uh, more than it was wind because it was in some janked up spot where like the wind would just swirl. Mm-hmm. So they were they were they were thinking more about what predators could come at them, and that's just something that when we looked up at this, we were on hill. Yeah, on that ridge. On that ridge, we're like. Yeah, nothing's getting to them. Yeah, you know? so that's a that's a good point because we were talking about the winds and thermals. Because I remember the bed we were sitting at; it's on that little knob, and it's like a northwest wind. We're sitting there; it's been a northwest wind the whole morning. And I'm sitting there; I'm like, dude, you could not hunt this because the thermals. Because the second, dude, the second I said that the sun was just lighting up the hillside, it was nine o'clock. Freaking wind is shot straight up from the bottom and hit us right in the face. I was like, what exactly? And then it was coming from the west, and it's like a perfect spot where a deer could smell 360 degrees around them. Nothing can come in on them, and you can't hunt that spot. So that's a spot you got to back off on. Not to mention it could see all the way oh, down yeah. to the road. Yeah. And, you know, through some of that thick stuff, it could still see through the road, and it could smell you from behind. I mean, even though it may not be setting up for, for like, that wind from behind you, I mean, there's nothing getting to that deer. Yep. Yeah. And it was thinking more about escape, and that's why I kind of brought up the trails and asked about it because I feel like sneaking in up on a deer that, like, just has a perfect setup, Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard, but having a deer walk into a spot that he's not as familiar with, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, he may be familiar with these trails, but he he's set up specifically to avoid prey on this area. But if he's walking into a spot where he's not as knowing about it, that, you know, he has a better chance of, you know, getting yeah. shot. Yeah. Now, I, want, I want to turn that vein into – we'll say what? Sometimes you have to admit you're beat. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's got the upper hand. Yeah. The only thing's going to kill him is old age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You're just going to have to back out, and if you start getting, say, some camera photos of him out of his lair. Out of his yeah. core. Yeah. Out of his core area. Get him right there. That's another thing with those cameras. Yeah. If you find that out with a camera, you can get on that. Yep. Yeah. All right, boys. 
we're about to get locked in so <laughs> we gotta wrap this up thank you everybody for coming out it was amazing meeting all you guys and uh we're gonna do it again in the very near future Y'all go ahead and write down the dates, June 28th through June the 30th. Go ahead and just mark those off your calendar so you can be at the Dalton Convention Center in Dalton, Georgia for the 2024 Mobile Hunters Expo. Y'all heard a a ton of content from that expo last year that we posted. Uh, We talked about it a ton. Look, if you're the kind of person that listens to this podcast, this show was literally made for you. It was literally designed for you, which means you're going to love it. You know, all the best companies in mobile hunting are going to be there. A lot of the best deer killers in the Southeast are going to be there. A lot of our past podcast guests are going to be there. It's just, it's going to be an incredible event. And hey, if you've been looking to either get into a saddle or maybe a mobile lock-on setup or just a different kind of tree stand setup, I'm telling you, it's worth the investment to go to this show because they're all going to be there and you, you will get to try all of them in person before you buy it. So you don't have to order something online and then wait for it and then try it when it comes in to see if you really like it. You're going to get to go put your hands on everything all in one day, test it all out and figure out exactly what works best for you and have it taken care of before deer season starts. So like I said, go ahead and put it on your calendar, guys. It's a no brainer. You got to be at the show. Again, it's Friday, June 28th through Sunday, June 30th in Dalton, Georgia. We absolutely cannot wait to meet you guys there and talk hunting. So we'll see you at the 2024 Mobile Hunters Expo in Dalton, Georgia.